Welcome to another special episode with my past guest. He's been on way too many times. <laughs> Just kidding, because I enjoy having him on. He's a very special person in my life. Very close friend. Um, it is my father. Hi, Dad. No, no, I am your father. Yep, there you go. Star Wars already relating <laughs> it to life. And here's the funny thing was, I don't know because we recorded Sith Talkers about an hour ago from when we we're recording this one. And you mentioned something to me where I don't know if I'm going to post this May 4th. I think I might post it sooner because um, now... <sighs> The FedEx um, thing, if people are listening, uh, know about there was a shooting at a FedEx facility, and this happened to be the same one that Mike here used to work at. And actually, he, uh, his son um, was working at at the time, and he, you picked him up at 1030, right? And the shooting happened at 11? That is correct. So, yeah, so just to give you a background, um, I... You know, I, I left, I quit in December because I didn't need the second job no more, but I was there for a year and a half. So at that facility, so, um, you know, when everything happened and people are trying to get details of the building and this and that, I kind of know the details. I know the layout. I know the layout of the parking lot. I know the layout of the locker rooms. I know the layout of the break area, the hub. Um, and it's, it's, it was, like I said, it's actually really, really scary. So, I mean, obviously I had a bunch of people reach out to me. Um, I reached out sure. to you. That was the first thing that went through my head was like, Oh my God, as soon as I saw the FedEx, first of all, the first thing that came into my head, I'm not going to lie. So people know I'm not like this sensitive, nice guy. I'm, I'm a bit of an asshole first. Um, first thing that came into my head was, yeah, see, that's what happens when you drop too many people's packages. Some dude freaking snaps. I know it was horrible thought first, but then I messaged you immediately because I was like really, really worried about you um, because I didn't know that you left that facility. I knew you got you stopped doing that, but I just yeah, I don't know. I just I had this feeling and you weren't the only one. Right. So people at my full time job. Yeah, they didn't know if I was still there, if I wasn't. And so, yeah, a lot of people checked up on me, which, you know, which was kind of which was very, very thoughtful and nice of them to do. I, I really, really appreciated anyone who reached out to me. Um, it, it's like I said, it's, it's just absolutely bonkers because I was working there when this gentleman, I don't know if we should even call him a gentleman, but when this, you know, gentleman worked there. So the last time he worked there was 2020. I don't know what shift he was on. I worked the shift, the twilight, the, you know, the, the mid shift, the twilight shift and the twilight shift runs from uh 530 to 10 30 or 11 o'clock so it depends on what area you're in so when i was there i became a poc up in induction and i was a poc up in induction which kind of meant it was my area i was in charge of the area um a poc um like i said it's no extra money but it, it's it's your step up to become a team leader and then to get in the management uh which they did ask me a few times if i wanted to move up but right, it was, it was my second job. Um, yeah, and I knew all the managers, everyone. I got along with everybody. I absolutely, you know, honestly, I really liked, I didn't mind working there. Uh, but, you know, besides it being my second job, um, you know, obviously I didn't want to be away for so long, just working all day and all night. But like, uh, you know, the people were good. Uh, and, and there was, like I said, I know the article talked about the, 
the sick the sorry i can't pronounce that group of people um like they're the indian they're indian people and there is a majority of indian people that work at that facility um so and, and like i said so all the articles that i've read it, it was like it was a hit against that ethnic background which i don't really see because do you think it was, was that though but because no was, because there was only four out of the eight yeah because i was reading the thing and it, it seemed to me like a kid that had a very unstable mental health issue um yes. i'm I, I i haven't really looked completely into the article i just know that i think the suspect at the time when i saw it was the kid that shot himself and if it is that kid that was the person that did it, you have to look at a mental health area. And this has been a big debate in my podcast recently because a lot of people are coming on talking about gun control. And I, I, I the issue he is bought, he bought both ARs like yeah. last year legally. But here's the thing, though. How many times was he thinking about? turning that rifle on himself and then he has something that happens at work and then he's holding this regret or he's holding this act of aggression and this is why he acts out in this way i don't necessarily consider it a gun issue i consider it a mental health issue i mean i snapped uh, i think you've listened to me say it before but 850 million dollars that was given to Bellasio's wife to do um for the mental health program to fund it and now it's all gone nobody knows where that 850 million dollars is and this is where i say the reason why i'm talking about this so much is it's a severe issue we're looking at the giant of here's the factor that caused this you're not looking at the real factor like it's related to star wars you like relating a lot of things to star wars we'll do this so you can probably follow along a little bit easy i'm kidding um but like is it is is um the sith the issue or was it the people that are running the sith palpatine the people that turned was anakin the issue or was it palpatine that turned his mind and corrupted it that's no, the same thing because anakin like so in star wars terms like even though you had someone persuading you and clouding your judgment you still have to make all those decisions yourself and like I said, so I'll say this to you. Like I said, I don't want to open up a big can of worms because it's very, very unfortunate what happened. Um, but, it, you know, if, if he had a mental illness, which apparently he did, and the FBI investigated him, like I said, I, I, if you've read the stories and stuff, you kind of know the background a little bit. But, you know, when, I mean, let's like you said, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, when I was, you know, growing up, in the eighties, there wasn't any ADD and mental health issues. Now they were there, but they weren't mainstream like they are now. And was there people running in the schools and shooting them up? No. Was there people running into malls and concerts and no. So this is what's really confusing to me is we, we, we put mental illness in, in a spotlight then why do we have more fatalities and we have more shootings and we have more violence and then it all gets blamed on mental illness but back in the day mental illness wasn't it wasn't it wasn't there 
Well, it, you have to realize we're in an unprecedented time where people have never been too exposed to this much information and this much into their head. I mean, I've talked to people about MK Ultra, Snowden, all these things that we know are real things that have actually happened. And so many people go, that's not real. Um, basically, because you never had this much of a microscope or a device in your pocket to be able to search up anything your government does. I mean, back in the day, if you would have heard about a scandal, the biggest one was Bill Clinton getting a blowy. You know, now it's uh hillary clinton pedophile rings all these other types of stuff that goes out there and now there's so many people that are like i guarantee to you it's just like giving a microphone to a crazy person once that starts that dude starts shouting in the square the world is ending the world is ending and you start getting a group of people that are listening to this they can get convinced very easily and with the amount of stuff that's on the media now and so many people that can make fake articles or post up real ones you start living in an era of schizophrenia i think mental health is the core issue here because right now kids that are growing up they're growing up with problems that would have never even thought about back in the day like a giant thing that um a lot of people are having a pushback with the trans uh community and the stuff that goes on with there is because there's like a seven-year-old that um the mother paid for surgery to get her kid to switch over and her excuse was that the kid didn't like his penis and i'm like look listening to um jim brewer and joe rogan talk about this and it's like did you ever explain what that was no he just didn't like his penis a kid doesn't understand and there's a whole site dedicated called transgenderregret.com and a lot of it is because a lot of people want to be accepted by the world and here's that's okay but here's where it goes it's popularizing being transgender that you're a proud and we you have a bunch of undying support if you do so even though you might not even be trans you're just alone or you're depressed and you want attention and so make telling a kid you know it's it's like when you give a dog a treat eventually they learn it's a treat and they're always going to be like oh as soon as i go to the bathroom i'm going to get a treat as soon as i change my gender even though i necessarily don't feel that inside or i don't know what i feel then I'll, everyone's going to support me and i'm going to have a bunch of friends in a giant community that i now associate with this is their thought and this is their perspective of this it's not my own it's just their perspective so with that new stuff where it's never happened before but now it's happening so much now mental health is being opened a little bit more because and i do think there's two parts to this one, it gets diagnosed heavily with a lot of people that are just experiencing other things rather than, yeah, if you if you're if uh, your house burned down, you're going to be fucking depressed. I mean, that doesn't mean you're you're suicidal. That just means you're fucking dealing with some stuff. Uh, the criteria for it, especially in medical diagnosis, is dumb as shit. Um, I score 25 out of 25 every single time, but I'm not thinking about killing myself. I'm just depressed. Sure. Most of the world is depressed, especially being in lockdown. Um but when it comes to the exposure content too, it's like somebody slammed the gas pedal down and now it's we're speeding instead of hitting the brakes when we should be hitting the brakes. You know, we're trying to eliminate aggressors rather than looking at what the actual true core stress fractures are that are going on. And that is a fact of lack of community. Um, everybody's more tense with each other. I mean, even doing this podcast, I'm starting to regret when I reach out to guests now, that's why I'm having so many returning ones on because trying to get a new one on is like, fuck, what stick am I throwing into the fire here? Yeah. It's, once again, it's just very unfortunate. And mental health is, it is a thing and it, you know, it needs to be addressed and whatnot. And like I said, not to, I, I, I just, I want to kind of go back to uh, FedEx here because 
Um, so now my son, my son's 18 now, and he actually uh, works at that facility. And he was that it was the second week there. And, you know, and he worked that night. And so let me tell you his story. And uh, first off, he's he's dramatized like he he wasn't there, but he's been affected like on this bigger mental wave and like here i mean i'll kind of explain it here in a second so like right you know he just drop him off he doesn't have his license yet but he'll, he'll be he'll have his license like sometime this summer so we got to drop him off and pick him up uh to work so you know drop him off you know just like any other night and then um we have to wait for him to text us to you know let us know when he's ready but you know we've been kind of leaving a little bit Right. Cause I know, like I've worked there. Like I know you're going to get off between 10, 10, 20, 10, 25, 10, 30 or 11 o'clock. So it's safe to say, like, if, if I have to go pick them up, I'm probably going to be leaving around like 10 after 10. It only takes me not even 10 minutes to get down there. You're a good dad. So, like, you want to show up early or on time. Yeah. So I pull in the parking lot, 10, 20, I'm, you know what I mean? Like you're just, you're there. So if he's, there, awesome. If he's not, then I'm there. You know, I like you. I instead of your your game, I'm on my Clash uh, Royale game instead of the Dragon, Dragon game, City, right? baby. Dragon City. Anyway, so so here he, here's the thing with what happened with my son. So he was supposed to work till eleven o'clock. Just so happened, you know, this happened on Thursday. It, it, Thursday is when you get paid. And his trainer, because he was an outbound, and he, like I said, I'll kind of explain the building for everyone out there. Like I said, I, I think I think I was telling you, um, I'm a I'm a good guest right now. Like n- n- not not to be on. Like I can talk about this building, the the you know, like I said, and, and the layout, and I can I'll tell you about all that. But he's supposed to work till eleven, and the trainer, you know, j- for whatever reason, said, "Hey, man." This is your first check, right? Because, you know, you have to work two weeks before you get your first paycheck. It's his first check. It was 1030. He's like, I'm going to let you leave early. I'll take you up. I'll show you where you need to get your paycheck. So, right, my son got his paycheck. And we're already, you know, and I guess he had to wait in the locker area for like a couple minutes, like, you know, two, three, four, five minutes. And then, you know, we showed up and it, it was, you know, and we left like 1030. And then, you know, then 11 o'clock rolls around and, you know, everything happened. I didn't find out until I woke up because I went to bed pretty much after he came home. But so, so basically what happened though is right. There's four dead people in the parking lot and there's four dead people in the locker area. So, okay. So and there's only one way in, one way out of this place. In this place, like you have to go down a side road where there's a couple hotels, there's like Pepsi, there's a couple other businesses, but like it's like in the back corner of this little park area, you know, this little industrial area, just a little small one, but like there's one way in, one way out. And then to get into the parking lot, anybody can get into the parking lot, which has changed. Like I said, the FedEx reopened yesterday, but when we're, re- I don't know when you're going to post this, but Probably yesterday, on the 21st of, of April, they reopened. 
Um, and you do need your ID to get into the parking lot now, which obviously the security is going to be beefed up, which is was totally necessary. Because listen, to me, like I worked there for a year and a half. I worked there when COVID hit, right? So when COVID hit, even before COVID hit, anybody can stroll into the parking lot. Anybody can walk into the locker room area. And I'm talking, you know, and it's it's a fairly decent size, you know, park. It's it's for all the employees, the park, and you know, and you just open the door. And I'm talking. There's just like this. It's um, I'm really bad with numbers and stuff, but let's just say. 15 by 15, maybe, maybe that big, maybe 20 by 20 square room. It's real small. There's lockers like all around this like square and like there's glass. Cause like the two security guards are behind the glass. Then there's two doors that have like metal detectors. And usually they have like the spin things and you got to scan your badge. And then it, then you can get through the spinning, the spin things. When COVID hit, when I was working there, when COVID hit, they just had the spin things off. Anybody can walk into the building. I mean, granted, there is two security guards, but they're no no offense to them. They're they're the phony ones, right? They don't have weapons. You know, they're, they're they just I got you, yeah. check check people, wan people in now. There's a dude getting a paycheck. Yeah, you know, they, they don't have weapons or nothing like they're I just worked security at a casino. And I can tell you, I didn't have a gun or anything on it. Someone would have done okay, something I don't I, I don't know what they're somebody. called per se, but I don't want to make anybody mad who does something like that. But they're, they're just your like regular security guys, you know. But OK, so like I said, so this room, like I said, it's wall to wall locker. So when you walk in, I mean, I'm talking maybe four feet between the between the lockers. That's all you have to walk. And then on the other side, there's maybe six to eight feet where you can get into the two doors, put your lunch bag through the thing so security can get it. And then there's another door, but that one's always locked. That one's usually closed. But when you're in between shifts, the door's open because they don't want anyone touching the doors. So once again, when COVID hit, you can just stroll into the parking lot, no ID, open the front door, go into the locker area, no ID, and you could pretty much stroll into the building. If the security guard didn't see you or got distracted or whatever, you could just stroll into this building. So, and I've worked other second jobs before. So I worked at FedEx Express at the airport for two years, two years. And that is totally different. You need your badge to get into the parking lot. You have to go through TSA security just to get through the, the entrance of the building uh, you have to take like your belt off and your coat off and your bag it goes, th- you, it goes through an x-ray machine. Everything you take in there goes through an x-ray machine because you're around airplanes. So the security is super tight. So like, yeah, when I went to this place, I was just like, wow, this is, you know, it's, it's good because you're in and out, right? Super fast. But obviously, man, when something like this happens, um, the, Laxadaisy security is is what mental illness him and this and that. However, FedEx ground this facility I was at uh, very very piss poor security. There's multiple things that right. I'm just saying anybody could have this 
could have been a lot worse is what I'm saying is because he could have just walked right into the hub. What, for whatever reason, it only, like I said, fortunately, this only happened for a couple minutes, right? And then he turned the gun on himself when he was inside the locker area. So he never went through the metal detectors. Right when he walked through the metal detectors, that's the break area. And guess what? This is a shift change, right? There's people getting off and there's people waiting for the 1130 shift. And I was there. I was there before the 1130 shift came in. There's always a bunch of people in the break area because some people are full time. So some people get off at 1030 and they take their lunch and they go and sit in the break area or they sit outside in the parking lot. So the one gentleman I saw, he was at the picnic table, okay, in the back of the parking lot. I parked right in front of that picnic table every single time I went in. Even when I go pick up Anakin, that's where I park. I park in the back of the parking lot, right in front of the picnic table. And he said he was sitting on the picnic table and he saw the guy randomly shooting around. And he, he, he said he thought he locked eyes with him and he ducked under the picnic table and he thought he was going to die. But that's when he went inside the locker area. So I know this. So in between shifts, People getting off. Some people hang out in the locker area. And I'm telling you, man, there's nowhere to go. You are trapped. And I guess that's what I'm saying. So this dude came in with a weapon. You are trapped. Wait, hold on. So when you pulled up to pick up Anakin, did you hear that the gunshots were going off? Because you said you didn't no, find no, out no, no. the next day. I was te- that was 1030, man. I okay. missed everything. Did you? Now, I have to ask you this. Did you feel something in the air? Like, did you feel no, a, just, a, di- a different it's, day? It's, it's, it's like 9-11. You just, you, you wake up. It's, it's a nice, clear morning. Everything feels normal, right? I'm, I'm, I'm just picking them up. I dropped them off. Normal. Picking them up. Normal. No, man. Just a, another normal day. Because I was because, wondering. Because what? what? He didn't work. He wasn't working there. The last time you worked there was sometime last year. And I don't even know, I know. when he quit. I, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying so is. So why that day? Like, why? Just randomly. Maybe. Like, why does anybody get to the point where they end up shooting? Why does they have to kill themselves that day? Why do they have to kill themselves that day? As you get to a point where it's like, I don't, I can't fucking take it anymore. Maybe he's been holding his aggression for so long. Maybe there has to be another factor in there when it comes to work. Like when he got fired or when he quit, I don't think he quit. He had to be fired. Or no, something. he didn't go back. So he basically stopped showing up. So something led to him doing that, and he's been festering into rumor is one of his paychecks was short. Okay, that's probably then that's a factor there that you got to add in, Um, because that's going to cause anybody to be upset. I mean, we just had it. We fired an employee at my work, and he came back in to get his paycheck, and they 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 mail your paycheck home. They don't want you coming back in, so you don't create a disturbance. And there's a fucking ten minute video of him flicking off everybody in the gym, screaming and cussing at the supervisor, pulling his mask down from his face and walking around uh, like just screaming and cursing. Had a snap. Um, when you look at the factors that led into this, you understand that how you got to believe in a little bit of fate at this point. I mean, the fact that you're not working there anymore, you picked your son up early when any one of those things, you could have been running late, just like any other parent out there. And you could have decided to be like, I'm going to go walk inside and let my son know I'm here. He's been waiting for me for a while. And then you would have been involved in that. You basically just missed, uh, 
uh, uh, you almost could have died. Like that is a, that's why I was nervous. And I was like, I wanted to make sure you were okay. Cause yeah. I and suck. that's, and that's why my son is dramatized right now. And because he's think he was supposed to work till 11. His trainer said, you're supposed to work till 11 tonight, but I'm just going to let you leave. Okay. So then there's a, there's one of uh, the, the girls that he met in, in his, uh, training class right you know they do the training together i think there's like four of them and they all exchanged phone numbers and became friends and uh it was i think it was carly but um she worked till 11 that night and then come to find out i guess maybe if she had a ride or something she could have left when my son left and she was one of the ones that got shot in the locker area just because she had to stay till 11 o'clock and wait for her ride. And that's, and that's what freaks out my son because, and that's what he's thinking. If I don't, if I wait for his text message at 10 30, Hey, I'm ready to get picked up. Okay. Well now I'm not showing up until 10 40. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe something, maybe there's a car accident. Maybe it's 10 45 and 10. Maybe he got stuck in a red light. Whatever. All he knows is he was sitting in that because that's what he does. He clocks out and he and he hangs out in the locker area until if we're not there yet. So literally, he was standing in the area where four people got shot down like 25 minutes prior. And somebody that was in his orientation class that he just met, they exchanged phone numbers. And here's the crappy thing, because we didn't know who passed away who got shot everyone's trying to text everybody and of course no response from her no response from her no response from her and then when they released all the names she was one of the she was one that passed away inside the locker area and that's the first thing he said my son said to me was she worked till 11 o'clock she she told she, she had the option to leave and she told them no i need to stay until 11 that choice right there cost her her life and all she was doing was like going to work you know so and and that, and that's the thing so like my son just for him it's just it's so dramatic and it's just like well i was standing here so every time i walk every time i walk in this building and i walk through these locker areas like people died here like you need that's to take your fucking, kid out for a fucking ice no. Cream so or he comes up to me and dude, trust me, it, it, this is really this has been really difficult. And, and he comes up to me, he's like, I can't believe I had to go through something. And I looked at him, I said, Anakin, nobody should ever have to go through something like that. I have never have gone through something like that. I've, you know, I've been on, you know, some stuff I've been through. I've been some, been through some pretty rough stuff, but like I've never been in a situation like that. So just with me, if, if I was still working there, I reached out to a few people that I had their phone numbers that I worked with in the same area, right? I was the POC up in induction and I had people with me, the same people pretty much every night. And I called up, um, you know, Adrian and he, he texted me back, Hey, I'm okay. And I was just like, what time did you leave? 1030. And he said, he hung out in the parking lot until 1040 and left me. So if I was still working there, I would have left at 1030, but I don't mess around. I clock out, I go straight to my car and I leave, right? It's my second job. I'm out of there. 
So even if I was there, I would have left at 1030 and I would have missed everything. So, but like I said, but the, just my whole son, my, my son's story is just so much different because he was supposed to work until 11 o'clock. And if he did work until 11 o'clock, he would be dead. Is and your- just saying, just saying that like freaks me out. Like it, it, it it's true. You know, is your, are you guys religious at all? No, but, but, but this is what I, but like I said, I look at the positive on this religion, fate, the universe, flat earth, round earth, aliens, dropping eggs in volcanoes, whatever, something, something in this life, in this world, something, right? Just all the decisions that were made just went his way for whatever reason, right? Like it just so, it just so happened. It was payday. It just so happened. We were already in the parking lot. It just so happened. His, his uh, trainer let him leave at 1030. It right. It's just like all these things, like it just happened that way. And that's what I was trying to tell him. I said, look, I said, the universe was smiling on you. I said, I, and I said, I know your, your, your new friend, she made a decision and it cost her her life. And like I said, what do you say to that? Like, and all she was trying to do is make some money. And, you know, it was a new job, like two weeks. She was there for two weeks, you know, and that's a place you should feel safe is at work. And once again, so like I said, I worked there for a year and a half and I did work in all the areas until I got up into induction like I said, you walk in the door, induction is up top. You got to go up a flight of steps and all you're doing is making sure the labels are facing up that go on the conveyor belt. Then there's the unload where you're unloading trailers. And then on the other side where he was is outbound where you're loading trailers. And depending on what area you're in, depends on what time you leave, right? So the unloaders get done first, they go home first. And then the unload, the boxes go up to induction where I was. So then I'm out second. So outbound, the people that are loading the truck, they're always out last because they're loading the trucks. That's why I always kind of left around 1030, 1040. Sometimes I leave at 11, but the people that are loading the trucks are always there longer. Once again, though, so, but it's just, I don't know, man. Like I said, I, I haven't been religious for a really long time. All I know is somebody was looking out for my son a god, an entity, like I said, fate. I I, I don't know. Like, but I was just saying the religious thing because you need to, as a, as a dad. And even if you're talking to someone who's been in something severe like that, you have to do damage control. And when it comes to damage control, which you said you did, you talked to him and said, Hey man, something's looking out for you. It's also a thing to understand and tell him this is also a thing of not to look at it because you can be the pessimistic where it's like one day that could happen to you one day, this is this look at it from an optimistic side where it's like, it wasn't you, you have a, a day, another day of life, you know, this thing, see the, Today is promised to you. Today is gifted to you. It's a miracle that you're here today, but tomorrow is not promised. Tomorrow is something that might never hit you, might die in your sleep. You know, this doesn't just happen with a gun incident. It's horrible that this incident happened, but you need to make his mind look at it, like live every day like you're supposed to live every day like you want to. I mean, I'm not going to relate it to my jet ski accident. 
But when I was hit by a jet ski accident, I mean, with the jet ski accident and everything like that, which I think I've told bits and pieces of the story, but it was something where I was like, I could be dead. You know, when someone told me I was, I could have been dead from that if I was not standing up. And the only reason I was standing up was I just didn't feel like sitting that, 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 at that ride, you know, it was bumpy out and I, I was standing, you know, that jet ski would have hit me straight in the face. Um, it, man, it's so hard. Like you must, you must have me crying a second ago. Um, th- it's very, very, it's going to, it's going to, this feeling, this, this scare, this turmoil, it's going to pass, but it's also important that right now you have to do this type of damage control thing and understand the situation. I was not having you on here to talk about a news article no. or to talk about a special thing. You're my friend. And I was fucking yeah deathly scared when this thing happened and i didn't even here's the dumb part in my brain that was like the man said indiana is that the same thing as indianapolis i was thinking there were two different things but they start with an i and i was like fuck it i'm gonna message him anyway and then when you told me i was like holy shit like we need to talk about this a little bit not just for other people or good content but on the factor of like this is a like even if i chose not to post this episode if it was just a therapy session between me and you i've done it before it's something that's important because this is not something like when i saw somebody die at the gym fucking and they brought him back i acted i was scared shitless and i was still fucked up for the next couple i'm still messed up when he comes in i say hi good morning because the one time i didn't say good morning was when it happened and i was like fuck you know it's you never know man and that's the crazy part that you should literally take life by the handles and fucking steer it whichever way you want to go it's a very easy thing to say but an even harder thing to do i mean if you want to live your life being fucking miserable being this being that living in a job that you don't want to do i mean it's the it's your son's first two weeks at a fucking place and this shit happens his very first job like he hasn't worked up until this point that's enough to traumatize someone to the point they never want to try and get a job again but you should ask them be like do you still want to do this work do you want to work here do you want to find something else what do you want to do this is an important time to ask him on this type of stuff because it's not it's going to be ptsd you can get from that on the fact that every time he walks in that building he thinks of those moments he thinks of what could have happened if he would have stayed you know yeah. i'm at fault a lot of times for trying to cut out of work early and now you're just giving me a evidence that it's a good thing i do that you know i don't know when it's nobody honestly as much as that was a crappy joke as nobody knows if it's going to be your business or the place you work, it can be anybody because of how the world is right now. It's yeah. fucking stressed, man. It's a hurt it's, world. It's very, very unfortunate, man, because you should be able to feel safe where you are at. If you're, if you're in a classroom, right? If you're, if you're in a classroom at school, you should feel safe. If you're at your job, you should feel Home safe. doesn't even yeah. feel safe sometimes. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're at the movie theater, you should feel safe. If you're at a supermarket, you should feel safe. If you're going to a concert, you should feel safe. And we've had mass shootings at all of these places. And it's just, it, like I said, dude, it just, like I said, now that I've kind of, you know, I'm Processed. close to one of them, it's, it's you know because you hear about all the other ones and you just go oh my god that's what scares me is that a lot of times you hear these shootings and it's now becoming like you're numb to it like we talked about that a couple of times you were on at least over the past couple of years you've been on you know it's 
you, you become numb to a lot of the shooting, oh, another shooting, and then you turn off the TV. It's like, I don't have time to deal with that. It's like, you don't understand. And it's different when it happens in your thing. You know, we. I was about to say that. Everyone says, that never happened to me. Like, you just know. Like, you don't know. Anything can happen at any given time, right? With anything. And this just proves it, you know, that it can happen anywhere. Yeah, don't say that to yourself. Oh, this won't happen. This will never happen to me. It's because we live, there's way too many days, like 65,753 days. Wait, yeah, 657,356 days in an average lifespan of 71 years. So if you really take that into account of how many days you never experience a problem when it comes to your lifely harm, it's so many where you don't, understand like the fact that it can't happen to you any one of those days could be your last ones you know like um i had a buddy during i had like a one month i think you know about i lost a lot of people um in like a short amount i mean like four people in a week and then it was like seven in a month and then it was like um dude got into a car accident you know flipped over and killed him and his passenger and it's there's I had my one buddy that was drinking and driving and he ended up uh, getting his foot ripped off, getting his whole face like messed up, getting his like, you know, broke a lot of stuff. He came on when I was first doing my podcast and talked about it, but it was like this whole new look on life and stuff like that. And you never thought it would ever happen to him. Shit happens and you're not excluded from that happening. And it's just so very very difficult because of how much we're okay every single day and then something like this happens and it seems like what well, it's that shock though that happens for the first two weeks and you start reverting back to the way you were before but to never forget these type of things too i mean this is a prime time to talk to your son and ask what does he feel like he wants to do i mean every kid his first job probably isn't going to be the one they're going to do for the rest of their life but man you don't want to push them back into it and fear that there might be a PTSD thing on there too. You know, there might be managers that will be like, I'm going to return to work or whatever, but it's like, you've already built up something high up. If he's just in his first two weeks, this is a prime time to like, I've had a bomb threat at the Walmart I used to work at, but I, I left there like a month before that happened. You know, it's, I, I, if you're not invested like your whole 40 years or 50 years and spend into a company where you feel like you need to go back just to get your benefits or something, then you should tell him he needs to find an avenue or find something that he wants to do with his life because it could be gone just like that. I mean, this is a prime time to ask him these root questions because right now he's so bare bones. I would say when I say bare bones, it's like your thoughts are so like what you start looking over your life over and over again. If you ask a person for a week straight to contemplate their life or they survive like a plane accident or something, their thoughts are more clear on their judgments on where they want to go in life. And it's easy time to start asking them questions about what do you want to do? You'll be able to get the true answer before it gets clouded up by all these other things like paying bills or getting new pair of shoes or doing this type of stuff. You know, you're more focused on money. You lose the aspect of what you intentionally really want to do it's a prime time to ask him for it too and i mean a lot of this stuff you have to sit and listen and as much as he's experienced you say your son got the the most of it you still experience some stuff too i mean it causes you to look at your life a little bit too and be happy i mean look at the things you do have mike 
you have a fucking podcast, you have a Star Wars show, you talk with your brother. A lot of people don't even know who their sibling is, or a lot of people choose not to talk to their sibling because they're just, they just don't connect. You know, you have a lot of things. You have two beautiful kids. You know, you, it's something as much as he might ex- expose to a little bit more. You also have been exposed to some stuff too, but look at how far you have come. Look at what your life is. I mean, you're not struggling for food. You know, you're not struggling when it comes to just getting a drink of water. I mean, or your case tea, you know, it's something you got, you'll find your coping mechanisms to deal with it. But man, it's my heart goes out to you and your family, man. That was a fucking, when I saw that, it was the, you were the first person that came into my head. And then the second was the guy that always tosses my package on the porch and fucking breaks everything mm-hmm. that goes inside of it. And that's what's funny because I've worked so many second jobs. I've worked at FedEx Express. I've worked at FedEx Ground. Everyone at everyone at my full-time job, yeah, they hear FedEx and everyone. That's why everybody, I thought you were the first name that popped up in my head, Mike. Yeah, it's just like I'm like with where I'm at, you know, like I'm kind of associated with, oh, you know, does Mike still work at FedEx? Was that the one he was at? Was he there? Yeah. So it's Hey, now if I move, we can get a place. <laughs> Split rent. We'll do a live podcast. <laughs> An in-person one. That'd be interesting. Like they used to do in the old days. Don't you hang all your Funko shit on my walls. <laughs> <laughs> Got a whole room destined for that. But it's it's very important. I'm glad you shared that. I mean, not just like because it's like an inside because I remember when I was talking about someone's like, what is he just trying to get an inside scoop? And I was like, no, actually, it's more of like a talking it out type deal, because even when I was I think the most tra- traumatizing thing, like I've had near death experiences four times in my life. But the last one I had was that jet ski one. And yeah. no, I mean, I wasn't there. Right. I mean, no. I, thankfully, I've missed it. However, I work there. I know the layout. I know the locker room. I know the parking lot. I, I know the jobs inside the building. I know if somebody went in there with a gun, there's nowhere to go, man. Like you're trapped in there. So um, it's fun because another person I talked to, which they texted me immediately. Hey, did you hear about, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and she said to me, she goes, don't you remember us having conversations? Cause she worked up an induction with me. She says, don't remember us having conversations. If anything happened in this place, we would be fucked because there's nowhere to go. I mean, you are trapped. So it's, and then, like I said, it's, it's just, yeah, man. Just, once again, it, your, your head goes crazy. Right. And then, like I said, with my son, it's all the negative. I was supposed to be there till 11. Why didn't we give her a ride home? Why didn't I ask her if she needed a ride home? Right. It's just all the, all, and like I said, and then there's me. Hey man, be fortunate. You're standing right here. I'm be fortunate. I'm talking to you right now. Take them to a fucking basketball game or something. Yeah. Talk. uh, You need to talk it out at least like, cause I remember after my Jeske accident, it was a really a talk with my dad that kind of leveled me a little bit, mostly because that wasn't the traumatizing part. I mean, I had PTSD when I get on a jet ski. Sure. Um, but the traumatizing thing for me was when I was in my wheelchair that they gave me and they were pushed me by the bathroom and they locked me in the seat. I was back. Like if I'm in my chair right now, like this person's behind me in a room and I, it's a girl my age. And that happened to be the same day that four people on the beach got paralyzed because of the waves were so bad. 
Um, we had a hurricane that was off the shore. So it was making the waves huge and people were going out surfing and stuff like that. And I remember the mother grabbing the daughter by the hand and then saying, honey, we're here. And she's like, where I can't see. Cause she has her head like in a brace looking up. It's like, I can't see you. It's like, I'm holding your hand. And she's like, I can't feel that. And it was like this heartbreaking moment where I started like tearing up and crying. And I was trying to unlock my wheelchair, but I was in so much pain. I couldn't bend down. And, uh, you know, it, it was like, that could have been me. That could have been the jet ski paralyzed me. That could have been a bunch. And then you start diving in this rabbit hole where you'll suck yourself in with all these what ifs. And that's important where you need to talk to Anakin right now is like, hey, there's a lot of what if scenarios probably playing off into your head, much like we just did Sith Talkers what ifs. Yeah. It might not be an Ewok selling drugs to somebody, but yeah. it, it it is something where your brain will dive you down these rabbit holes that will create fear. Your mind likes to think of the worst possible scenario in an effort that it's going to brace you for if something like that does arise. You need to make sure you focus on a lot of this stuff. The worst part is, obviously, is just, right, just somebody he just met. I, mean, I, I know it was only two weeks, but still... How many people, I, I know I couldn't say that at 18. How many people can you say, hey, I knew someone who got, who died, who got shot? You know, I don't, I, I don't think that's normal. So, you know, mm. that's, and now he has that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, I, I think that for me as a parent, that's probably, I mean, the whole thing is bad, but like for me, that's like the worst thing is not only did, you know, it happened. Someone he knew, like, passed away, and that's why everybody asked me, Mike, did you did you know anybody? Did you know anybody? Did you know anybody? I did not know any of any any of the people who got shot. So, but um, he did, and that's another level of you know of drama drama state. I mean, it's just a being. I understand, like, not wanting to go walk through that locker area i had to and, read an article about it and then i messaged you and then i saw the news report on it and i did not like the way the news was handling it at all they kept asking the cop that was answering the questions and it was so brand new yeah. it just happened that day so yeah, it was like yeah, 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 yeah. the news was like do you know who it is do you know this do you know that and the guy goes i cannot answer that i cannot answer that. i cannot and they just kept asking the same question in a different form and i was like yo if i was that cop i would have told everybody i'm done with you guys like but that was the thing i watched the press conference and the reporters do you know if it was a shift change do you know if blah blah and like i'm just like i know i know i used to work there yes it was a shift change yes this is very calculated because he knew regardless of his mentalness he knew people would be coming in and out of the building at that specific time anywhere between 10:30 and 11:30 people are walking in and out of that building see i'm not i'm not pro gun control but i can see the perspective of like it's very very easy to shoot something and its life be gone rather than doing another act. And just the fact that someone got to that point to be able to do so, I want to know what was festering in that kid's head that caused him to just decide this is what I'm going to do. 
Um, and this is how it's going to play out. You know, I, I try and think of that all the time because it's very, very easy to say this person's a psychopath. This person deserves hell. This person deserves that. But, you know, a lot of times, like, especially if you know what mental health is and you really suffer from a little bit of it yourself, you understand like nothing makes sense when it happens. These bouts of whatever come on to you and you're like wondering what the fuck is this? You know, like. Uh yeah. Now we've talked about this and I'm telling you, and like I said, I hate repeating myself, you know, the stuff that I've said previously on your podcast, but you know, who knows where I would have been if I didn't have my outlets and my escapes. Uh, I told you meeting my buddy, Jim, learning how to play music. I got into music, right? I started playing music. I, you know, wrote songs. I played songs. I wrote poetry I'd, I'd be a I, goddamn bodybuilder if i didn't have the podcast no but but the, the, the but the yeah but the point is i got into things that kept me away from drugs kept me away from drinking kept i i i did my you know fair share don't get me wrong but like i wasn't involved in it all the time like i i was involved with i, I like it's like i told you music uh working because I wanted to make money, uh, eventually, right. Uh, you know, having a girlfriend, I, like I said, I just, it's like I do now, like, right. I, I keep myself so busy now. It reminds me of when I was a teenager because I kept myself so busy and it takes me away from all the bad stuff. And if I keep myself busy, yeah, I just, I, you're not going to get into any bad stuff. But it's just a matter of finding your your thing, you know, just uh, I, like I said, I don't care if it's video games, like if, if video games is your is your outlet for a few hours, you know, sit down and play some video games. You know, like I said, I can sit here and I can strum my guitar for a couple hours and it, or I could pick up my guitar and it completely like zens me. Right. It relaxes me. It me getting on the treadmill for my jogs centers me relaxes me zens me whatever you want to call it right so doing this doing this with you right now doing sith talkers recording my reaction videos it 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 calms me it centers me i told my now you know i'm going through some other stuff and this why i told my brother the other night we recorded some of our videos and i we got done with we did, we got done with them and i just looked down at him i said man i said i don't think you know how much i needed this tonight you know, and, and he, you know, Shit, he's always dude, we've recorded episodes or you're like, no, no, you no, I know, but he, he was in like a super rush. He's a, he's super busy right now. He was in a rush and we, we weren't on very long, but like, you know, that's why I told me we were on like 15, 20 minutes. And I, like I said, we got done. I was like, man, I see, I don't think you know how much I really needed to do this just to center myself right now. And I just think if more people had those outlets and that could center and find those things. Fortunately for me, man, I have lots of things like, and, but I, like I told you, I, I, I do it. I don't say I, I do it. This, this has turned into like therapy. Like I, 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 I do these things just to kind of keep my mind off of it. I mean, like, yeah. So like on like right Tuesday night, like I got, I have, I do live stream, I do trivia and then I'm recording stuff on Wednesday. I'm recording stuff on Thursday. And then I have to edit three YouTube videos. I have to edit a podcast. I write uh, me and my son, but let's go to the rec center and play basketball. That takes me away from everything. Let me play some video games. That takes me away. Let me play some music. Like 
I take myself out of life um, so much. I have so many things uh, that I just, I'm, I'm constantly just right. And then I have, to, I have to run errands. I have to do this. I have to do that. And I'm just, I'm constantly just go, 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 go. But like, get on the treadmill, do this. Like, but I need all that stuff just to feel centered. Right. I don't know. Like, and I just think if, like, it's once again, if maybe if this kid, if he had more stuff that keep him, kept him centered or had some interest or yeah, got with the right people. I'm a firm believer in that, like getting in with the wrong crowd and this and that, like, I'm a huge, uh, I watched a documentary about, about, um, it's on Netflix. It just came out about somebody who got shot and it was like rival gangs, but like this girl got shot and like, it ended up two of the gang members, you know, were the ones who uh, told the police everything and like, yeah, they're scared to death. They're scared for their lives. And it's just like, yeah, man, you're in with the wrong. Yeah. You're in the wrong people. They, they, they got out and they have families. Now they have kids, married wives, and they're doing, they're doing good. But like, yeah, like I said, the, I think you become what you surround yourself with. If you surround yourself, if you surround yourself with negativity, you're, you're, you're going to have negativity around you. If you surround yourself with good people, I was just fortunate, right? The, the guy I met who was into music, who taught me music, he was a good guy. He wasn't into the drugs and all that stuff. He loved playing music. And because he loved playing music, I started to love playing music. And like I said, he got me into Jimi Hendrix and the Beatles. We could listen to music, play music. And that's all we needed to keep ourselves centered when we were 16, 17, 18 years old. So it, it's like, but like some people, they don't have that. And then they get, you know, involved with the wrong groups or people and it, it drags them down, but they don't see that. Right. Cause you talk about gangs. What do they see? They see loyalty. And I completely understand that because when, when you join a gang and you know, they beat you up and this and that, but they'll take a bullet for you. Right. The, they have your back and they think that's family. I mean, like obviously the stuff they're doing is not good, but like that's where people get trapped in that stuff and you're just in such a bad environment, but it's loyalty. So it's, that's just a different point of view, right? It's just like, that's why people, that's why people do that. And they get in gangs and they get in those situations and they'll sell drugs on the street and this and that. And because they're part, it's part of their family. And I guess if you want to stem to, you know, family, it's probably, probably because their family failed them and this is their only family. And that's a big problem with society, with the world is, you know, like you, you know, we've talked about it. It's just, it's raising it's, you know, parents, they have to be there, you know, and when parents aren't there, you know, we know what happens. So it, it's having a loving figure in your life. And once again, I mean, like I said, my, my parents weren't the best parents in the world, but, you know, they were there, but like, I was fortunate enough to meet people along my way who were just loving, caring, and weren't into bad things. And I'm just very, very fortunate that way. And some people don't have that path. But it's, you know, everybody just needs some love. And like I said, maybe if this kid was loved a little bit more or I, I, I don't know, like, right, I, I, I don't know. But it's, right, you, you got to take a test to drive a car, but you don't have to take a test to be a parent. And it all starts with being a parent, right? I mean, that's how you, you're most influenced when you're a child and you learn your behaviors when you're a child. You're talking about seven years old and get, I mean, what? Like, no, I don't. 
no, you, you don't, you don't know who you are at seven years old. You don't know who you are when you're like 17 for Christ's sake. You don't know sake. who you are when you're 40 half the time. No, I mean, I, I guess that's what I'm saying. Like you just, you can't like, you can't make a decision for your child. That's why I don't push religion on my, I guess we're talking about religion. That's why I don't push religion on my kids. I had religion pushed on me. That's I, I was altar boy. I was Catholic. I went to church. I went to mass. I went to a Catholic school. Like I was, I was made to fan of Mr. Rogers, fan of Mr. Hey, don't you dare. Not on the, don't you dare. But that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't pressure. I don't pressure religion and all that. That, That's why I tell you at the beginning, religion or fate or whatever, man, things happen for a reason because religious people are going to tell you, well, that's God's plan. That that, it was, it was already written. That, That was already written. I mentioned a couple times that episode. Right. I thought of you. I uh, tried to. I googled the evil of Mister Rogers, and it took me to a fifteen-minute YouTube video about the evil of Mister Rogers. And I fucking clicked it, and I was so like, finally, it's coming out. All the YouTubers, all you guys on YouTube, put on a cardigan. Good God! All the audio listeners. But look, it doesn't match as my shirt. I listened to this 15-minute YouTube video on evil of Mr. Rogers. And All right, now, now, now you can talk. It's the, the first couple of minutes goes, it's a woman talking, and she goes, I wrote a letter to Mr. Rogers, and I found out I had a brain tumor, and he showed up and prayed with me by my bedside, and I was like, God damn it. I've been <laughs> fooled. <laughs> 15 minutes of just a sob story, and I was like, dude, all right, I don't think he's a necessarily a bad guy. I just think he might be a cross-dresser. That's what I'm going with. You got to remember, back in that time period, even where I grew up, like it was more acceptable to be that hands-on with kids and for an older gentleman. I'm not saying he's messing with kids. I'm saying he's a cross-dresser. Okay, so I mean, okay, so what? What if he secretly was? Who cares? Does All I'm saying anybody? is, is that everyone's got a secret, and when you build up a person that look, here's the thing that I was going to use as an example. So my nephew, for instance, is like 33 months or 34 months. I went to high five him. My brother's fiance says he doesn't have to if he doesn't want to, and he would just say no. And I would be like, high five. He's like, no, no. And it was acting like I was like murdering him in a no way. And I said, what you're doing by telling him he doesn't have to do this. It's this isn't a forcing action. This is just a high five. What you're doing is now you're normalizing this to sound the exact same as if he's being raped or something. And that is an issue. You can't do that. When you start making things normal like that or treating things that shouldn't be as severe as like murder, for instance, that's a severe action. When you talk about bullying or punching someone in the face, they go, well, then it could lead there. It can, but you're treating it as it's that a person that kills someone should not be liable for the same thing as a person that got into a fight with someone. Assault and murder are two completely different actions and they have two different consequences for a reason. So when you're normalizing something like that, when you treat this person, Mr. Rogers, for instance, as this wholesome 100% pure person, you're now going to make it a thousand times worse when they find out a little thing bad, like being a crossdresser is not that bad, but now you're imprinting into these people's minds that this is a pure person. There's nothing wrong with them. And then when that bad thing does come out, 
then they're completely shattered. And this is when people's illusions. No. That's it. Oh, just it works with anything like that. Well, it's like Freddie Mercury, dude. Freddie Mercury, probably the best rock singer of all time, and he used to go to like the the crazy clubs in New York City. And this do, does anybody look at Freddie Mercury any different? Because what what his sexual orientation was? No, the guy was a, a kick-ass dude who can fucking sing his ass off. Okay, but right? you're, you're, you're conflating two completely different examples. No, no, no. Mr. Rogers was a nice guy. Fucking there you go. Kids. You just proved my point. Miss, you're, you're saying that. Mr. Rogers, good guy. Freddie Mercury, amazing singer. He has been known. Yeah. Freddie Mercury has been known to do some pretty bad shit because he's a rock star. Drugs. He did drugs and this and that. But Mr. Okay. Rogers is built up in your mind as this pure godlike human person. Like there's this. This is like God in the pure essence of human. I've seen it on Twitter when it was his birthday. Now when something bad comes out, people are gonna be like, "What? You don't care if it's Freddie Mercury doing that." Like when I found out Prince was an asshole, he smashed people's guitars and shit. I was like, "Well, I mean, I wasn't surprised. He's a rock star. Like what the fuck? You're but you're building up this like perfect family man." And then when something bad does come out, you're going to be very upset with it. And I'm no, like, you know what? Let me expect that. Let me tell human, you, not expect no, that because, he's a monster. No, I'm going to give you the Michael Jackson scenario, right? He was an because, asshole too. But wait, but like, right. This dude, Michael Jackson got thrown through the goddamn mud with everything. Touching this Jesus Jews, blah, 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 blah. He suspectedly right? killed Tupac. Did you know that him and Tupac had be <laughs> him and Tupac had Shut beef up. before he died? Yeah, there's fight like oh, uh, messages back and forth between each other. Actually, in Michael Jackson, one of his songs, apparently he mentioned Tupac and Tupac actually wrote a rap about Michael Jackson. It's like the same thing with Ice Cube and Cypress Hill. They have beef back and forth. I didn't know Anyways. that about Michael Jackson until it came out. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. Anyways, but still, you know what I mean. So Michael Jackson's like personal life is just a fucking mess. Okay, just a mess. But the man is an absolute musical genius, in my opinion. Right. So the man can sing and write music like so that's nobody okay else. for messing with kids. Okay. No, no. Gotcha. 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 No. Thank you for normalizing oh my that. God. You fucking listen to me. So you know. I can respect that part of his life, but all that other shit, man, like I don't have to respect it. I respect him, him as a musician, I, probably as a father. Cause dude, everyone said, I mean, it's, you know, he was the best dad in the world. Right. You're, I mean, so you're telling me if I told you right now and you found out that Mr. Rogers had yeah, Mr. Rogers did cocaine, who gives a shit? That's he not helped what I'm how saying. many kids. That's not I mean, what I'm saying. Imagine if somebody told you Mr. Rogers was a pedophile and he secretly had a bunch of kids that he had molested, uh, like a Bill Cosby. Happen. But what happens if that did? You're telling me your opinion on him is not going to be separated from the fact that he was this uh, wholesome guy. You're going to have a different thought on him. Just keep that in your mind. I'm saying like, I've guessed a lot of shit. I'm not even going to continue this conversation. This is the anymore. one thing you will get wrong. I bet. Mr. Rogers. I'm putting a bet on it. Because it's like the priest thing, I right? I your soul. So, because, dude, I was an altar boy. My priest never touched me, never advanced on me, ever. So it's like, but like, you're just like, oh, but he's a man of God. And then you find out he touched like 30 boys and this and that, right? And you're just like, oh, what? So now you're not supposed to respect priests or men Bet of the Bet me cloth your soul. Bet or, me your soul. Bet me your I mean, soul. No, but I mean, like I said, but Bet what is it? Bet me your soul if you're so damn confident. Well, with Mr. Rogers? Yeah. Bet you my soul. I want to say, I, I, I turn the ghost rider. 
I want to say I, Michael Ferrando, bet my I, soul to Robbie that if Mr. I, Rogers Michael, has anything Mr. bad about him, that will make me change my opinion. Bad, if it happens, then I will turn into Ghost Rider. No, that you're going to bet me your soul. I want your soul. <laughs> you can have my soul. Swallow your soul. Yes. All right. Everyone heard it. It's been live recorded. Oh, my God. Um, me and him. Like, look, people that are listening and watching. We like message about this stuff, like personally. Oh, this is a long run. This, this is this is not. Yeah, this isn't like for the for the podcast, for our converse, for our podcast conversation. This is real. Like we go back and forth texting about this. I have <laughs> hired three genealogists and two family historians <laughs> that are now researching the history of Mr. Rogers. So we'll find some evidence. <laughs> at some I'm not fucking. I've been messaging his wife and everything. Shut the fuck up. I emailed man. her four times and I emailed Shut Papa up. John twice, but he's not answering me either. <laughs> yeah, that's I saw his uh his videos interviews, so I was like, I want to get there you go. The so, okay, so so that so that there, there's a perfect example. Papa John's. Are you still gonna eat Papa John's pizza? No, because Papa John's pizza is shit. What? Yeah, oh, they, have new, they, have new, they have new stuff. Oh, I love Domino's. Domino's, oregano on the crust. That's it. I don't need anything else in my life. I do the Little Brooklyn. Caesars I, can kiss yeah, my I do ass. the Brooklyn. I do the Brooklyn style with Domino's. So good. They still put oregano on the crust. Yeah. That's how, the, if you put oregano on anything, it tastes like Domino's pizza because that's all they do with their crust is they just. Crust is so good. We're wrapping it, Mike. We talked a lot and I have to use the little boys room. I wonder if Mr. Rogers will be in there. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll make sure I link your show in the description. And thanks for listening to this episode out of the Blank Podcast.